Hey everybody, welcome to another drive-through board game blog. Today we're going to do a top five list. Uh, always around this time of year, right before Origins, and we swing the convention season, and we get new releases at Origins, and then Gen Con, and then Hessen, and then we forget all the releases that happen the first six months of the year. <laughs> I like even me, and I like to do uh, sort of a recap of everything up until now. So I do a top five list of the games so far in 2016. And it's always kind of interesting, uh, and the list I kind of make up and then pare down helps as a reference because then I'm looking at the new hotness of Gen Con or Essen, and I'm like, okay, i got to compare this now back to the early part of the year. Is this really as good as that? You know, this other game has been around for a little bit longer. Am I still playing it? Uh, so this is kind of a nice snapshot because a lot of times things just get pushed aside, and uh, this is a good way for at least me to remember and hopefully give a little bit of a highlight to stuff that's happened now. So we'll just jump right into it. And the number five is uh, 13 Days. This is about the Cuban Missile Crisis. And it's very much Twilight Struggle in about 30 minutes. Fantastic game. I've had a chance to play this some more since I reviewed it. Uh, really have enjoyed it. You, you know, as you play more, you get to know the cards. You get to kind of see the cards that have gone by now because the deck isn't too big. So as the kind of later rounds go, you go, oh, that one's already played. So I can maybe try to work around this one a little bit. Um, and so it has that, that sort of those extra layers of strategy and just the knowledge that you can sort of invest in the game and learn about the game. Uh, but it doesn't take two hours or two and a half hours like Twilight Struggle. Um, very, very excellent game. If, if you've ever thought you might have an inkling and an interest in sort of a historical kind of sort of war game, uh, this is definitely one that I think everybody should give a shot to. Uh, like I said, it doesn't take that long. The learning curve is very low. It's very simple in its mechanics. And it has a lot of good, tough decisions, though, all squeezed into that half an hour. And some nice little history and stuff involved. And I actually learned a, a decent amount of history about these this 13 days in the Cuban Missile Crisis through playing a game. So that was kind of a nice side effect as well. That was number five. And number four is a Talon. This is a very, very unique and interesting and different game, at least for me. In a lot of ways, it has kind of a throwback maybe to some games from the 70s, actually. Um, I think it was called Starfleet Battle Stations or something like that that I've not played. Uh, this was kind of, I guess, inspired possibly a little bit from that design. Uh, it's just simple space combat, ship-to-ship -ship combat, or you can build it out and have several you know, squads or fleets sort of going at each other all at the same time. Really interesting thing where you actually write down on the counters themselves to track your ship stats. And that sounds like it might scare people away, but it's so simple and adds so many layers of strategy and tactics to the game of how you are treating your ships and where you're kind of spending the, the energy or the power in the ships without having a lot of fiddly rules and tables and all that stuff. It really condenses everything down, but I think still retains a, a fair good chunk of, you know, all the kind of depth and, and sort of layers of theme even, you know, all in that. And if you really feel like you're flying these, these ships and having to deal with sort of their, you know, the limitations almost of space in a lot of ways. Uh, so... I would highly recommend it. The other thing that I would give it as far as a feather in its cap is you can play a quick little 30-minute game, throw a couple of ships out, you know, and then just go from there. Or you can play this really interesting uh, campaign mode and kind of track that. You can play that over several sessions where you're kind of fighting over territory and planets. And, you know, sometimes ships will be kind of off into your side deck, so to speak. 
and they're going through repairs and they can come back out on the next mission and each sort of planet will give you extra sort of credits or build points that you can use so very very you know there's a lot of game in this box the pieces and components are great and the ship tiles are very thick and then boards are nice mounted boards and uh, everything is really well put together so you're going to get a ton of play out of this and i should i didn't mention so these top four 13 days is great <laughs> but the top four like i thought about putting talon as number one there for a minute and i was like okay well yeah this one this one so the top four all kind of share number one at this point now we're going to kind of see um you know as, as the year goes along you know which ones kind of hang out there but it, yeah talent is really good and i feel like because i as i kind of thought there i was like yes i was going to mention that but then i thought i'm not really being as enthusiastic as i feel about this because it's number four and i was like tacking my emotions a little bit because it's number four but it's awesome okay so talent's really fun so just know that the next three are going to be just a gush fest so number three i just reviewed and that's a warhammer quest uh, the silver tower this one really has kind of put its fangs into me in a lot of ways. Uh, mostly I talk about in the review, mostly it's because of the theme and the way that the kind of dungeon behaves. Uh, it's this mystical kind of chaotic mage tower. And you have like these portals you can walk through and the dungeon every once in a while or the tower will kind of come alive and spawn stuff at you and it will... Um, you know, it's diff different little traps will happen sometimes that the floor might sort of drop out from underneath you or there might be some uh, some slippery uh, area on the floor that'll make you kind of stumble and fall and you won't be able to move again and and then you'll run into these encounters that are like you being like in this arena fighting pit or this like pillars of beams and stuff will shoot at you or these traps will happen and so it has like all that crazy wackiness um, and it also has the ability to really tweak and expand it because you can buy extra figures for it and the different heroes and stuff just act in all these different ways. So you can kind of come into it instead of just like your typical, you know, cleric and warrior and wizard and rogue all going in and just happening to be together and you make up whatever uh, story you were going to say to go in there. It's always the same kind of feel as a lot of these other ones. But this one you could go in as these like dirty CD players. You could have a a Zintic Chaos Warlord, who's usually an evil guy, with a Plague Lord and, you know, these other guys, and just going and try to rob this this Gaunt Summoner, this evil boss that's in there. You, so you're going in there just trying to rob. So you can actually play the game very cutthroat. If you really wanted to, you could, you know, you could kind of steal treasure from each other and be very sort of backstabby if you wanted to kind of role play it up a little bit. Or you could go in as your kind of typical, you know, Celestial Knights or whatever they call them and, you know, and play very altruistic and everything. Uh, so it's a very different theme, and it, it feels like the dungeon is very much, like I said, kind of that chaos and alive. And it's got a very cool, interesting uh, mechanical way that you do things, reactivate dice, uh, similar to claustrophobia if you played that, where you, you know, you activate dice to attack or move, or maybe there's special things on the board uh, that you have to, you know, spend dice. You're like, okay, do I spend the dice here? I, I really should heal a point, and then I'm going to move here, and I've got to do something about this group of bad guys there, but I've got to go shut this switch off and do this, or or go do something else, or I've got this special thing that I found earlier that I've got to go and use now to succeed at the quest. So it's very kind of Euro-y dice mechanic kind of thing going on with this very traditional, almost traditional dungeon crawl. Uh, so it's a very kind of nice alternative to your traditional dungeon crawl. It doesn't feel like a lot of the others. Okay, so that's Warhammer Quest, which I talked about for like 40 minutes in my review. So you can go watch that. 
Uh, number two is liberty or death. And like I said, these top four could be number one, and these top two was like, ooh, they're so close. Like I wanted to put liberty or death number one, but I'm like, yeah, but this. So anyway, liberty or death is number two. It could be number one. Probably my favorite coin game, I think. So it's coins. I it's, I have really an infatuation with the system. Oh, you can see. I didn't even do this on purpose. The Falling Sky, so I've got to get that one played as well. It's a very older, ancient times coin game, which we haven't seen yet. So, uh, free advertising. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah. So, I think it's my favorite. Cuba Libre is still up there. I think this one actually is probably at sort of the same complexity level. So, I still like Cuba Libre a lot. And I have to probably... It's been a while since I actually played that. Um, but anyway, back to Liberty of Death. I really like the theme of it. You know, it's kind of my own sort of personal history because I live in the United States. So that's, it has an immediate sort of draw for me from that aspect. It has some very interesting ways that the factions will work together and then not together. I feel like that is the best explored, at least so far, in the coin games. That sort of mutual, you know, admiration and cooperation with some of the factions with each other, so the French and the rebels and the British and the Native Americans. So there's some interesting sort of, you know, coexistence that happens that is better fleshed out in this game. Uh, and I think there's also some more interesting uh, tweaking to that deck of cards. Because, you know, in that game, you flip over a card, you have your order of operations, da -da -da, you, do, you do the event or you do one of the actions or the special operations, and that's kind of it. And then the sort of the dynamics of the game comes from sort of the negotiation and positioning of what's going on and trying to set yourself up for these larger turns. Now, this one has an interrupt kind of ability that sort of messes with that. And I really like that they've kind of tweaked that because I played, honestly, a lot of coin games. And that was definitely a breath of fresh air, having these kind of trump cards that you can play at different points. And, you know, the French actually have to kind of play it. And you've got to, you know, sort of be mindful that they're trying to slowly build into this war. And then, you know, they kind of flip the switch and then put it into overdrive. And they're trying to do it at the right time. You're trying to kind of prevent that. Um, so it has a very interesting kind of tactical sort of, you know, like the map is more important maybe in this one. Uh, than some of the others as well, just because some of the, uh, you know, some of the the lanes and ways that you can get into the cities, which are going to be worth a lot of uh, resources and sort of points in a way, and the kind of naval aspect of it. So it doesn't really add too much complexity. I mean, it's probably not the most complex coin game, although it's up there, um, but it it buys a lot with the changes that it does. So I think if you didn't weren't a fan of the coin games or initially, this would probably be a, a stab to maybe go back into it, especially if the theme was something that uh, intrigued you. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot there's a lot to this game, and I, I definitely give folks uh, they should give it a shot. Okay, so the number one is uh, Star Wars Rebellion, and really have had a lot of fun playing this one now a few more times. Um, yeah, this one I think I think a lot of people will really get a, a kick out of this because I mean if you haven't played it, everybody's been talking about it, you know, for a few months. But it, it like everybody's been saying it is Star Wars, it's Star Wars in a box. You have a lot of replayability as well though, and that's what I found is 
because there's not like a ton of objectives and missions and special ability cards. So you, it's all kind of sort of knowable to a degree. And so after you played a bit, you can kind of know, oh, oh, well, he, he thinks he's going to get this because I, he's going to be able to complete this objective and score some influence points or whatever it's called, uh, propaganda points. And, you know, you know that now. You, you can see that and you can kind of maneuver against that. And there is a metagame in this game. And that's one of the, the hallmarks, I think, of a game that's going to last a long time is, yeah, it may not have a lot of variability, uh, because there isn't really a ton of variability in the game, but the dynamics of how the players are going to play and the little bit of variability that's there is going to change things up so that you're going to be able to kind of revisit it and play it more strategically. And the interesting thing about this game is the more you play it strategically and the more sort of possibly the theme would devolve and the game becomes about numbers or crunching or mechanics and strategy, the theme becomes more relevant as you do that because it just fits the whole galactic kind of manipulation aspects of it. Um, so I think that just to me just kind of locks the game in and that's kind of where the, the that's what kind of pushed it to the top is everything I just said, you know, where it's like it, you can explore and get into it and the theme also like breathes back on you. You know, um, this is this is kind of just a metaphor here, but I've often heard uh, one musician in particular, but he he sings to a crowd and he gives energy and the band gives energy, but then he doesn't do it for any reason. This is what he says, except for to get the energy back. So if you think of like a wave sort of coming out from from you, this is, in this case, you're playing Rebellion or any of these top four games or any of these games, and you're giving it energy, you're giving it your your mental processes and your strategic thought and everything. And then the theme comes back at you from the game. And that's like the perfect sort of marriage of that, where it's like, you know, I'm doing this because, you know, I don't want you to score two points. But in that way, you know, I'm trying to send in Mon Mothma to, you know, rally these people. And I've sent, you know, C-3PO with her or whatever. And, you know, he's going to go help translate. And he's always kind of a good sort of diplomat, I guess. But, you know, um, so there's just little instances like that that are going to happen. And yes, they're all like alternate reality Star Wars, but just that fictional hook, you know, that sort of that pre-knowledge that a lot of people have sort of carrying with them into the game, you know, that certainly helps it. So that's why this one kind of just pushes it up. And I think it, it maybe it gets away with that a little bit or buys off a little bit of that because it is Star Wars. And so that's e immediately recognizable. But it's like they didn't make it too noisy either. They kind of left enough gaps and things. Um, yeah, so that's really good. And uh, probably somebody's going to mention the combat. <laughs> but I've had discussions with a lot of my friends about this because there's a couple of threads on BGG. And folks have said in general, um, you know, they think combat is the weak point. And I just kind of see their point, you know, but I don't, for me, it's not. That's all I can tell you. And I don't want to have an argument about it. You know, it's just some people don't like it. I happen to think the combat works really good. And it's, to me, this is, this is where I come at it. So just so you can see why I think the combat is really good. I think the combat actually all happens before the combat actually happens. So it's caught this kind of rock, paper, scissors things with the different colored dice. So if you fly in with X-Wings or TIE Fighters, they roll black dice. And if the other ships maybe roll red dice, and they also have a certain kind of health. So X-Wings and TIE Fighters have black health and some of the bigger ships have the red health. Except for the Death Star, you can only kill that obviously with an X-Wing. So you have this sort of thing where it's like, okay, you've got this kind of fleet and I need to counter that with this fleet. So I have 
the upper hand and probability of what's going to get destroyed. And then you kind of have the cards just kind of randomize that a little bit. Um, so I feel like that's a more of a sort of a high level view of the combat. Now, a lot of the combat in this feels like Forbidden Stars, and I will 100% agree that the combat in Forbidden Stars is way better than this. I mean, Forbidden Stars is a different game, but you can see kind of the marriage. So this is the combat's like Forbidden Stars light. You don't have quite this sort of, you know, I guess hands-on part of the combat with this as compared to Forbidden Stars. But I think that's good because if you did, if you had like too much combat, then the game plays, you know, three, four hours usually. I've heard of folks taking longer, but that's usually with like their first game. Uh, so I don't know that you want the, you know, that much more intricate combat with this. So I think it, it works perfectly. Uh, and I think it's expandable and stuff too. Um, but yeah, so I think Rebellion gets a slight nod over Liberty or Death, and those two maybe get a slight nod over Warhammer Quest and Talon, but they're all really kind of bunched up there. And 13 Days is obviously excellent as well. Um, but that is my top five games of 2016 so far. Thanks.